spectrum products that aren't going to do anything um, that are out there. That, that really blew my mind when I entered the space that everything around me was a broad spectrum. All I would do is sit on panels and fight and say, no, DHC will not kill your dog. It's not dangerous. It's not toxic. Leave the plant alone. <laughs>
So I'm a huge advocate. I go, this is what a pothead looks like um, because I think that the stigma needs to be gone already. I still battle it every day. What I get to hear every day is that THC is toxic and will kill your dog. And I have to constantly go, nope, not true. And I have research studies and I have over six years using the medicine on my rescue farm. On I've stopped seizures. I've put cancer into remission four times. I've extended life, quality of life. So I don't want to hear it anymore. I know what it can do. I know what it did for me and what we've done now for thousands and thousands of pet parents who now are able to get rid of their dog's melanoma, you know, by putting a topical and giving an eternal or, you know, tumors. Nothing better than watching a tumor die on a dog and all you're giving them is a plant. So that's kind of my story in a nutshell. Um, but that's literally what I do is I travel and I'm on tour right now with one of our country's best loved uh, holistic veterinarians and all I do is talk about cannabis and the endocannabinoid system and mushrooms. What's so cool about fungi is that they interact with the endocannabinoid system also. So they are, we got to understand that cannabis, fungi, these other herbs that we love like, a, like ashwagandha and astragalus root, all of those are a belong in a category of, they're not just plants, called adaptogens. And cannabis is the queen of the adaptogens. And anytime there's already research shows that you put three or four adaptogens together, let's say three or four adaptogens that are known to have anti-cancer, anti-tumor activity, they become very powerful and synergistic and they can do some incredible things when you take them. Absolutely. Well, I love that. And, um, you know, we have some stores out here on the West Coast and it's, uh, you know, we got started because we, we found, uh, you know, this miracle plant. Uh, Dr. William Courtney uh, was researching cancer and he was uh, using fresh, uh, raw cannabis juice uh, to treat tumors and cancer. And, you know, the fact that you and I know that and our listeners uh, now know that many who've listened before have had, you know, talked with Dr. William Courtney or listened. Um, but, but it should be on billboards and bus stops and commercials and, and uh, the tips on everyone's tongue should just know. I mean, my mission is to reach a billion people by 2025. And all I really want is for people to think of, you know, cannabis and let's just say pain because that's a, the most common reason people use it uh, and, and, you know, equate it to uh, aloe vera and sunburn. And then I'll know, OK, we've done it. We've made it that people don't think of those, you know, Cheech and Chong type things anymore. They right. think about, um, you know, raw hemp or hemp and cannabis, which is all. Uh, one in the same, uh, helping people with, with so many different things. So the thing I was going to say was, it's funny that in these stores on the West Coast, I'll see these people come in, and when it's for their pet, they will, these pet parents, which I love that you say, they, will, they won't even ask the price of the tinctures or the topicals. They'll just grab the wallet and throw it at you, the credit card. And it's, it's, it's wonderful um, that people care so much about their furry friend family. Um, but sometimes I find it interesting that they won't do that for their own selves. Like I've seen them come in with the same stories, you know, with epilepsy and cancer and, and pain and just, you know, transition end of life and, and these incredible stories and heartfelt cards and things like that. But then they won't, um, even if they've seen it with their own eyes, they still have reservation to use it uh, for themselves. So maybe you could speak a little bit more uh, to the 
to you know the experiences you've seen with pets because we we've talked about pet um, and, and cannabis before but I know you're an expert and I'd love to hear more about what you've seen with pets and uh, again the fungi I find really interesting so that's a topic that's really new to me and our audience yeah you're gonna like if you love can- cannabis you're gonna love fungi because they're just as freaking cool um what's really cool about fungi is they're not a plant and they're closer to humans than they are to plants so that's really creepy if you think about that but um, what I find is, what was incredible is what I had to hear all the time is THC is toxic to dogs. Cannabis doesn't really work. Um, and I've been able to do these incredible things with cancer. And when I got, when I had such success with cancer, like really, okay, I'm going to feed a diet, a ketogenic diet that doesn't feed the cancer. And I'm going to treat with just cannabis and mushrooms. And that's literally what I did. And um, I needed to understand what I did. So I don't know if you know this, but there are 12 pathways to cancer. So when you see new targeted cancer drug, they're usually targeting just one of those pathways. And it's usually doing one action in that pathway. Cannabis has already been proven to interact with eight of those pathways and in some cases, different ways. So sometimes in one pathway, they'll downregulate or block something to prevent that cancer from metastasizing or spreading or, you know, turning into another tumor type of thing. So people don't, don't understand that that's why drug, these chemotherapy drugs aren't always the best choice. And you go ahead and add turmeric, green tea, you know, uh, reishi, cordyceps, turkey tail, lion's mane, all these other adaptogens, you're now interacting with all 12 pathways of cancer. You're literally, the the plants themselves are doing actions and it, it supports your immune system to help keep that cancer from spreading. So this is what I learned, this is what I applied and watched it happen over and over again. I would, I had a, a Doberman with osteosarcoma which is a cancer that one in five large breed dogs get now. It is, you know, it, they're, they're, it's in their breed. that You can't get it out of them. So we're now, I have a, a whole team of holistic vets on my board of advisors. We're now advising to start giving large breed dogs a full spectrum hemp extract at eight, eight weeks old to help prevent this awful cancer from coming in the first place. It takes your dog away in four to six months. Not mine. Mine lived two years. And when I finally did have, she had it in her wrist, when I did finally have to amputate the leg, the veterinarian did eight diagnostic tests to show what the cancer was doing. It had not ever moved from the wrist. And that's usually what cancer does. It spreads to the lungs and you're gone in four to six months. Your pet's gone in four to six months. It hadn't moved from her wrist in two years. That's what cannabis does. You know, that's what these adaptogens do. And not only does it do that, but they feel great. They have energy. They're not in pain. Nina was like, held her wrist up and was chasing bunnies like a crazy dog. Um, And Nina, I gave her a full spectrum hemp extract every single day that uh, has turmeric and frankincense with it. Because those are two other adaptogens. And I gave her 10 milligrams of RSO on her gums every single night. That's how I kept her cancer from spreading. That's how I kept her pain free. 
And what was really cool is that the first week she, the only side effect was urinary incontinence. I knew CBD uh, dampens the side effects of THC, so I'd give her CBD and that stopped. So literally, I had no side effects. She just slept it off, you know, during the night. And this is what I'm doing on a regular basis and watching, you know, pets not only extend their life, but quality of life. So I love being able to do this because what's cool about dogs is that we have research that already shows they have more receptors than we do. So if I can accomplish these types of things with hemp on dogs, then we know we can do the same thing with humans. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing because, you know, dogs, they have such a great, um, you know, intuitiveness with their body. Like they know when to put pressure or not to put pressure. And so you can see it so quickly. Um, the, they the also effects. don't know they have cancer. Well, well, yeah, and even if it's even if it's just ordinary pain and inflammation, um, you know, you'll you'll hear we hear the stories too, where like the neighbor will be like, "Did you get a new dog?" In because and then the the dog will just like come back to life because of how yeah. powerful this raw hemp or this hemp uh, extract is. And uh, that's yeah, literally what we say. People go, "How do I know it's working?" I go, "Well, what we hear is he's puppy like again. He's running around and doing the things he enjoys. That's how you know it's. That's what a dog without not in pain looks like." Absolutely. So tell me this, because I mean, I'm out here in California, and you know, we've uh, doing this going on ten years. And um, I remember, you know, when there was breakthroughs in 2018 when they passed the farm bill that made it very clear that hemp was legal for all in our country. Um, which it should have always been because George Washington grew hemp and Thomas Jefferson. But anyways, um, then, you know, we had a lot of resistance. And one of the biggest resistance is uh, in the veterinarian world. And uh, finally, a, a veterinarian walked into my, one of our stores out here in, in Ventura, California. And and, he's, and I said, he had his outfit on and everything. And I was like, hey, man, he was there to get CBDA for his dog. And I was like, hey, you know, how's it going? And he's like, good. I go, hey, can you, can you answer me this question? I was like, you guys, and I have some friends that are, that are vets too. Um, and I, I said, hey, why are you guys so anti-CBD? Why are you so anti-cannabis when it comes to treating animals? And he said, you know, let me tell you why. And out here in California, they were given a memo that was issued out to all California, um, you know, uh, veterinarians that, they could lose their license if they recommended CBD, a legal plant like apples and oranges, uh, to to their to their patients to their to their animals. So that's what's happened. That's what I and I, we're starting to break through, but there seems to be such a just a just a, a deadlock. Yeah, and I do want to know why. I mean, I mean obviously, I, there, it's a, there's a there's a bad as the human side. All of that is happening because of greed. So a couple things happened in California. So we went on tour in 2019 and we went to California because we were like, we need to know what the hell's going on. So yeah, that's what happens. Veterinarians are doctors. So it's ridiculous for them to say doctors medically can now talk, recommend, prescribe, and then take out veterinarians on purpose. So what's happening in California is that the vet industry is trying, or the veterinarians, certain ones, are trying to control it so that it has to be a you know, prescription written by a veterinarian. The one or two that are trying to control the entire veterinarian industry in California also told veterinarians they would... Okay, so first of all, 
they got rid of, oh no, hemp is fine, but not marijuana. Those vets continued to have all of them scared and say, if you want to recommend it, send them to this website and they'll help them. And they were sending it to their website. So literally, we have been screaming from the top, you know, that these vets are, you're perfectly safe now with a full spectrum hemp extract in California. And I don't even know what's going on with, you know, THC. I think that if I remember, if it's THC, it can be sold in a dispensary. I know um, vet, uh, what the hell is his name? There's a vet out there who was a, a good one, who wasn't trying to control the industry, who's got products that are in dispensaries out there. But yeah, it's all greed. It's ridiculous. And have you heard what's going on in Washington State? No, I mean, I, I'm on the California Health Council out here. But... So now... It's bad enough that we have to battle Big Pharma. Now the marijuana industry is trying to control hemp. We, we so deal that, with that all the time <laughs> out yeah. here in California. Because, again, what what happens is, um, you know, the powers that be that, um, you know, Big Pharma, obviously, that is very intertwined with veterinarian medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, when, you know, same the, what companies they, that own our pharmaceuticals own theirs. Yes. And so um, and so what we'll, what we've seen is that. When they can, they, it, the, the big pharmaceutical companies look it's like if we can get California, we can get the rest of the country. If right. we can nail the biggest state, then we can. The rest of the nation will fall in line. And so, even out here with CBD, um, back in I think 2019, I want to say, um, they raided uh, a lot of the health food stores and, and took CBD off the shelves, um, trying to use the, the reasoning that GW Pharma owned the patent to CBD isolate, really, which is what they made at Epidiolex. And so, um, again, they tried that. Fortunately, out here, like I said, I'm on the California Hemp Council with Patrick Goggin and a bunch of great uh, lobbyists and attorneys that we fought and fought tooth and nail and we wrote the law the way it needed to be written. Um, And there's still battles that need to be done up there in Sacramento. But, um, yeah, it's it's pretty – it's crazy that you and I are having this conversation that we both have seen many times over what this miracle plant can do for humans and for animals and 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 the general population doesn't know. The reason why we had to reschedule this podcast was I was on a call with a doctor who who was hearing bad information about cannabis and helping children with epilepsy. And I and he's a smart, educated, holistic healer and he still is getting bad information from, you know, his cohorts. And so he called me the expert to tell him oh, the yeah. truth. And so, and, and we'll just continue to do this. And I know it's an uphill fight and I've been fighting it for a long time. And so have you, but, um, at the end of the day, you know, when you've seen what this plant can do for your loved ones, um, it, it's, you, you just get drawn to continue to educate until we get to a place where people truly understand what this plant can do. And it's not just the plant. Like you said, there's other, you know, adaptogens, obviously what you eat, organic okay, pesticides. This is what I love, Justin, is that do you know what they're calling these adaptogens and these other plants that have medicinal properties now? They're calling well, them cannab- yeah. They're calling them cannabimetics. They're yeah. calling them so everything's changing. So it's like it's weird because everything on our end is moving very nicely. Research is coming out. They're now, you know, everybody talks about the gut microbiome now. Everybody knows what it is. Well, guess what? It's part of the endocannabinoid system. They've literally changed the name to the endocannabinoid ohm, which they're not going to be able to get away from it. All this amazing information is going to continue to come out. 
Yep. Um, and it, they can't, it's, it's like this battle of misinformation and the truth and people need to, to, you know, find out. And I'm hoping that we will, we're doing a good job educating. So if they do ever try to control the entire industry that people are going to be like, yeah, nope, not happening. Well, I mean, I have a lot of concern. We had Patrick Goggin on, who's the lead attorney um, for uh, California Hemp Council, a few weeks back, and and um, we talked about it. Like Joe Biden's on record that he would want, right. uh, he would not want to deschedule. He would want to reschedule from a Schedule One, which saying you know where uh, cannabis is currently uh, over 0.3 percent THC, uh, he would want to reschedule it to a Schedule Two, which would give uh, pharmaceutical control. Uh, which is terrifying uh, to me. Um, you know, granted, we do have a lot of um, states that have, have written laws that there probably would be some good pushback. But ultimately, if it's not complete, it's either the way that I look at it is leave it the way it is and let the state sort it out or deschedule it and take it off the schedule. Um, because it, once again, when greed gets involved, like you talked about before, um, you know, greed and um People's well-being or, or dogs' well-being do not do not mix. Now you got to remember, dogs. It's like the most beautiful place for big pharma to come because dogs or pets are considered property. So if your pharmaceutical killed my dog and I sued you, and the judge goes, "You win," how much were your vet bills? That's literally what happens. So they have nothing to lose by and. I, I pay attention to in these holistic vets that I have that have been practicing for 30 years have watched human pharmaceuticals fall out of favor on the human side and now find a place in the animal side. They still don't work, but they're still using them and selling them. And Pfizer, every big, big pharma has an arm in the animal thing and they're making billions and billions of dollars off of our pets. And the FDA doesn't regulate our things, much less our pet products, but they do something extra special where, let's say I am a, a Pfizer, their Zotus is their animal arm. If I want to release a product, FDA doesn't have time to approve it. They just say not approved, but legal to market. So they don't even care anymore. It's just, it's just a free for all. So every pet parent needs to look. If you love your dogs like family, it's the same thing that goes for us. Look at everything that you're giving them, putting put in them. Make sure you've got that certificate of analysis because most products. I, I when I first started in the industry and I knew about pet products, I would find human you know go to a convention or a conference and find a human product where they would just slap a paw print on it, and they would have um, flavoring in it because they thought the dog needed to have it taste like bacon or cheese. Or worse, xylitol, the sweetener that will kill a dog. So a lot of people just, you know, going, oh my gosh, it works for them too. Let me make a pet product and then just relabel a human product. And the, the you know, perpetuation of the fear of THC in dogs, that it's toxic to dogs. So that this overwhelming of shitty broad spectrum products that aren't going to do anything um, that are out there that that really blew my mind when I entered the space that everything around me was a broad spectrum all I would do is sit on panels and fight <laughs> saying no DHC will not kill your dog it's not dangerous it's not toxic leave the plant alone <laughs> uh, 
I'd uh, I'd love to get you some of our products to try too, just for fun. Is that we, we'd go high on the uh, CBDA, and so love it's it. all it's all whole plant, organic, cold pressed. That's what we've uh, you know followed the the rule or the Beautiful. the guides with um, you know uh, Dr. William Courtney and raw cannabis juicing and and uh, it's it's you know leave the plant alone, uh, you know. And I just um, I I hear you. Like you look at like those CBD isolates and things like that. I mean, there's, there's some research out there that it's actually almost a negative. I mean, I hate to say anything negative about CBD, but, but uh, when it is in that single compound form, that epidiolex type form, uh, the body just really doesn't know how to receive it. It can clog up the receptors. Uh, it's just not the way that we've been, um, you know, been around for, for, you know, for millennia and this plant together, you know, we've developed this relationship that we have, you know, for at least 30,000 years that we can trace um, that it just interacts with our endocannabinoid system, which helps balance the other nine systems. And, and, uh, you know, and that's what I love about, like I said, I, I love learning, T- teach us a little bit more before we have to go. Uh, just because again, I'm not an expert on fungi and, and dogs and, and what have you seen it most common work help with and, and some uh, success stories. Kind of uh, my favorite is cancer. Um, because there's so much research. There's so much research that I like writ, wrote a whole magazine. It's going to be a book one day and like started keeping track. So I have a chart of all the mushrooms and I'm only keeping track of like 12. So cancer, unbelievable. That's where I've seen them do the most work. Uh, let's see, Chaga uh, binds to CB2 receptor. PSP, which is the cancer-fighting polysaccharide and turkey tail binds to the CB2 receptor. So those are both really cool. They all interact with the endocannabinoid system because they are adaptogens and just help it do its job. The other thing that is really amazing is for dementia, mind, the mind, Alzheimer's. Um, both lion's mane, cordyceps, astragalus root, bacopa maniri, I'm sorry, astragalus root, bacopa maniri are herbs, not mushrooms, but lion's mane literally regrows your telomeres, regenerates neurons, protects the brain. They now have research that comes out, that has come out that if they say if you stop taking it for two weeks, your brain actually goes back to the way it was. So these fungi are here for us and our animals and are really an unbelievable sources of nutrients. Chaga has more antioxidants than anything on earth. Um, and to me, between cannabis and mushrooms, there isn't anything that we can't help or treat that we come across or animals. So that's literally my mission is how I've been able to stop seizures, how I've watched dogs go into dementia, which I didn't know how Alzheimer's killed you. And dogs, it's called cognitive, uh, what is it, decline, OCD, no, CCD, canine cognitive decline. And I would watch, I'd get, I'd put dogs cancer in remission on these 16, 17-year-old geriatric dogs, bring them back to homeostasis, and then watch them, like, lose their ability to eat and drink which happens to humans. So like get up, go to the water bowl, not know how to drink, not know how to eat. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've got it. That's my missing link. I'm getting them to 18 and then losing them to, you know, this terrible disease. Nose, lion's mane, cordyceps, reishi with those herbs, game changer. So just like hemp, 
it's not regulated, it's actually worse. Fungi is uh, not regulated. So just like we want to um, extract it correctly from the hemp plant, from the mushrooms, most people are inoculating a grain or an oat, putting it in a plastic bag, putting them in a damp basement and growing them. The moment the primordia sticks its little head up, they take that whole substrate, throw it and grind it up and put it in a powder. That's not medicine. <laughs> Just like the plant, you need to extract it from the fruiting body of the mushroom. So. It's also important for those mushrooms to be growing on what they're supposed to be growing on. So I keep bringing up chaga. Chaga only has the um, compound that is anti-cancer and that binds to the CB2 receptor if it's growing on a birch tree. So it ain't gonna, it's not gonna happen anywhere else. So where they're grown, how they're extracted, coming from the fruiting body, not from the mycelium substrate, really important. And guess what? Most of the products, just like hemp products, are shit that are out on the, on the market. So it's really hard. Um, you just want to make sure it's from fruiting body. They don't have a third-party lab right now doing any type of testing because there's no money in it, so they don't care. You remember how it was in the cannabis industry, how hard you could make a great product, but then you were held up by trying to find a lab. Well, that's where they're at, but nobody cares or regulate, is regulating it. So... Do your homework. It's hard, just like it is with hemp, hemp but just get a fruiting body extract. And, uh, you know, why do you think it is, I mean, number one, uh, you know, the reason why, like for hemp, isn't federally regulated, even though it's federally legal, is because the FDA kicked the can down. They don't want to regulate it because Big right. Pharma doesn't see I the pathway to making money. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I love so, the same thing. so that's where we are with that. But you know, at the end of the day, um, it, it's not it's not the fault of the, um, you know, the, of the companies. Um, you know, we actually get our stuff certified. You know, USDA. You can you can actually register with the FDA. They just haven't given us a clear pathway for them to stamp it. Um, right. Not that you know. I there's. <laughs> I bet you the the belief and the faith in the FDA is as low as it's ever been, and it should be with the the, the food. Uh, additives and things that they allow us to eat in only our country, nowhere else in the world. And we're only yeah. one of two countries that will allow you to advertise drugs on television, uh, mm -hmm. us in New Zealand. And so, um, but my question for you is, before we wrap, um, is, last question, is um, why do you think there is, it's kind of a loaded question, I'm sure you know and, and I know, uh, but why do you think it is um, that we're seeing so much more um, cancer these days uh, in, in dogs, uh, specifically, but also in humans, but just for in dogs, why do you think we're seeing so much more of this cancer? Um, so we've got really bad breeding and genetics mixed with, I remember this statistic from, I want to say 20 years ago, that there were 50,000 new chemicals being introduced into our world, which I can't even imagine that was a statistic from 20 years ago, what it is now. So everything that we're feeding kibble is not real food it's it's like eat, it's like feeding your dog fruit loops every day with no milk it is got preservatives on it food coloring all of the bad stuff that causes cancer in it so we're not feeding their immune system or their gut microbiome dogs our pets all pets need real food just like we do real fresh food um Everything that we put on them and in them, flea and tick, 
All of those are cancer-causing chemicals. Um, we The grooming. When I bought my groom shop, I, I had never owned a groom shop, so I started in the bathing room bathing dogs. I'd come home, my skin was coming off of my arm from the chemicals that was in the shampoo that we bathe them with. Carpet cleaners, laundry detergent, pesticides, herbicides, everything. Our dogs' noses are always down to the ground, so that is why we see one in, I want to say one in nine dogs now, if it's not, it keeps changing is going to get some some sort of cancer. And then the osteosarcoma, it was one in five large breed dogs. It is out of control, and that is why. We're over-vaccinating our dogs. We're only supposed to vaccinate our dogs the first year of life like we do. If you ever have a dog that you're concerned about, you get something called a titers test. That's what the vets do. Vets have to have a rabies um vaccination right so because they work with all kinds of dogs do you think they give the the veterinarians the rabies vaccination every single year no they give them a titers test to see if they still have those antibodies so that they don't you know over vaccinate the veterinarians the same thing can be done for our dogs um so it's just we're, they're just bombarded from chemicals cancer causing chemicals from every side and not getting a proper diet to help them even fight it off so feeding them real food, giving them a, a full-spectrum hemp extract, these medicinal mushrooms when they're great for protecting and for, you know, providing nutrients. So you can actually chop up mushrooms and eat them. And I don't know if you know this is, I just went through this really intensive uh, certification program in fungi. But he's like, you, we need to be feeding our dogs and ourselves mushrooms three times a week. Chop them up put them in the oven for 20 minutes on 250, 225, because they feed our microbiome, our large intestine, for 13 days straight. They, they are prebiotic and feed your gut. And you can battle anything if you've got a healthy gut. So just having that information, and we don't even know about eating them. Just make sure they're organic, because like hemp, they are bioaccumulators and suck everything out of the air and earth. Um, but also remember them as an incredible medicine and, and using them as a tonic, which is extracting it. That outer layer won't let you get to all the nutrients, all the medicine when you eat them. So you still need to do an extract just like you would do with cannabis. Absolutely. Love it. Well, I feel like I've learned so much today and I'm sure our audience has as well. Um, if they want to learn more, I mean, this is really great information. How can they find you? Where should they go? You bet. My It's my name, AngelaArtolino.com, and my products are at CBDDogHealth.com. Well, that is wonderful. I, I feel like I learned a lot, especially about oh, fungi. Good. And uh, I'm just so glad that to meet another holistic healer out there on the mission to, to educate, uh, to really make a difference. And uh, I'm so glad... We got a, a chance to meet, and I look forward to our paths crossing soon. Any final uh, comments or uh, final message you want to leave with the audience? I just love talking to a fellow cannabis lover who understands how it works. It's so nice to skip all that part and just talk about the good <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, it's we're we're the conversation I, a couple of years ago when we started the podcast was what is CBD, and now it, the conversation has gotten much more developed. Is like what are the what's the difference? Like you said, there's 
you need to be educated when you're when you're when you're making decisions for yourself or for your animal to make sure you're getting the highest quality, the closest resemblance of the plant. So again, thanks so much for joining us. At the end of every Miracle Plant podcast, we say heal the world because that is the mission. Pay it forward, reach a billion people by 2025 about the power of this miracle plant, especially in the raw form. So join with me if you're at home or at the gym or in the car, and we're going to say heal the world and send out that healing energy to those those uh, people and animals out there that need to hear this information, learn this information, and apply this information. So on the count of three, let's say heal the world. One, two, three. Heal the heal world. The world. Well, thanks for tuning by the Miracle Plant Podcast, everybody. Be healthy, be happy, be a blessing, and happy healing. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey, everyone. It's Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. If you're looking for ways to utilize cannabis to keep you healthy, strong, and sharp, come join us every Wednesday where we dive into the best ways to use cannabis to optimize your life. Topics include cannabis and athletics, cannabis for productivity, cannabis for anxiety, cannabis for a healthy immune system, and so much more. If you're a curious connoisseur, this show is for you. So please head over to our page and we're looking forward to seeing you this week. Bye.